The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, gentle listeners, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping the Philadelphia's week one victory over the Falcons. We're going to discuss what we saw from Jalen Hurts and Matt Ryan, and we're also going to preview a little bit of what to expect from the 49ers as the Eagles prepare for their home opener on this upcoming Sunday. But before all of that, don't forget to rate, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on all things social media. I'm your host, Rachel Prevet, and I am joined by the one and only QB expert, Mark Schofield. Woo! Hey, Mark. Hey, Rachel. How are you? Um, lovely, lovely little fall day here, Tuesday in the, in the Maryland area. Although it's that time of year here in Maryland where it's like third summer. It's like steamy. It's brutal out. It's it, it's so bad. But we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Very excited to dive in. I'm going to kick things off with a song lyric. Yes. And I have to edit it for the gentle listeners. This is a family show. Okay. Picture me rolling through downtown in an A4. Picture my signature on a pair of some J4s. Picture me carrying what people saying on Wi-Fi they don't pay for. Do you recognize that? Picture me rolling. That's what's sticking with me. Drake, my pick between Donda. And CLB, I'm a huge fan of that album. That would I was I heard that line those those lines and I, and then I started thinking about Jalen Hurts and all the stuff that was said about him this summer. All the stuff that was said about man, they got to draft a quarterback. They got to trade for you know Deshaun Watson. They got to do this. They got to do that. And all I could hear when I I heard that line, pitching me, Karen, what people say on Wi-Fi they don't pay for was Jalen being like, nah, nah, not so much. But I loved see I liked both albums. I did my homework. I really like CLB, and it's probably not fair. I was more of a Drake guy going in. Okay. Like, you know, hold on, we're going home. Mm-hmm. I listened to that song when it came out for like a week straight, like nothing else. That's, like, that's all I listened that's to. So, um, but no, it was really the one that the track that did it for me, Rachel, the remorse. Okay. Okay. When he said, the finish line is where I like to pull up and start from. Pain is just a place that I go to get the bars from. Anxiety is a drug that I use to get the job done. Delusional is a space that I like to think I'm far from. Ooh. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. I was like that meme of the guy just going hands up, like, okay. Yeah. Like that was literally me. I was in the front yard. I stopped the mower, stopped mowing because I had it on the earbuds. I was like, whoa. All right. This is next level, man. But yeah, I mean, I I those lyrics hit me, but I I liked both albums. CLB though was my pick. I like how you killed 
two birds with one stone. You know, you got both of those out of the way. We got a lot to get to, right? This is yeah. a professional <laughs> show, Rachel. We yeah. gotta keep it on schedule here. Hey, so let me hurry up and dish mine out so we can get going. I also chose Certified Lover Boy because I feel like that's an album where, you know, you have, you know, some kind of sappy, more slow, chill songs, but you also yeah. have party songs, you know? So I chose Fountains featuring Tim's. And it just felt like a vibe to me. Yeah, that was yeah. my song on that album. Um, and then also for my song lyric, I chose a song by Katrina in the Waves, "Walking on Sunshine." Pretty self-explanatory. There you go. Walking on sunshine and don't it feel good? Philadelphia Eagles fans should feel like they're walking on sunshine this week. I don't care what anybody else has to say. Anybody else has to say, you know, it's only week one. Yeah, whatever. But still, we won the first week. That was a really great win. And we can continue to build on this. So, yes, we have to prepare for week two. But up until Sunday, I feel like Eagles fans should feel like you're walking on sunshine because of what they saw. Absolutely. And let's think about the context of this summer, right? Like I, I talked about Jalen Hurts. There are a lot of people out there, a lot of media outlets out there saying, look, this is a bottom five roster, okay? One mm -hmm. of the worst rosters in the league. They're going to be bad. They're going to have to draft a quarterback. They're going to need Carson Wentz to play a lot so they can get the extra first round pick. They're one and all. Yes. How many other teams are one and all? You know, half the team's lost. Can't yeah. start one and all without winning in week one. And so, They're the know, only team in the division. Yeah. I mean, after week one, who's in first place in the NFC East? So they I mean, that's got to feel good. Should feel like they're on a high right now. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But we're going to get right into it. What we saw from the week one victory over the Philadelphia, not the Philadelphia, over the Atlanta Falcons. So the Eagles defeated the Falcons 32 to six blowout game. We had a lot of expectations going into the game from what we thought the Falcons were going to do. We thought we were going to see Cal Pitts. He had a very quiet game. We didn't see really anything from him. I thought Matt Ryan had a pretty awful performance. He didn't do what we thought he was going to do. He finished, let's, let me pull up my stats. He finished not great. We could say not that. He only had 21 of 35 passes. So that's 60% for 164 yards and no touchdowns. So, and he was sacked three times. So that tells you a lot about Philadelphia Eagles, their defense going into this first game. They were prepared. You could tell that they were hyped. You could tell that they were hungry, and they wanted this win. They were led by Jalen Hurts, who did an awesome job. So you want to dive into what we saw from Jalen Hurts as we start? Yeah, I, I think that's a good place to start. And I, I think if you're an Eagles fan that was wondered about Jalen Hurts, if you're somebody that has listened to this show throughout the past couple of weeks and you wondered what you wanted to see from Jalen Hurts, you saw a lot of that. Like whether it was the first touchdown to Devonta Smith, which was a beautifully called designed play, we can dive into that. But rub concept, great read, great throw, very decisive. I, I think perhaps my favorite throw of his, the it was a throw right before the Goddard touchdown. Okay, he threw that out route on the right side, and it was on time. It was in rhythm. It was he anticipated, it. and you could see we talk a lot on this show. You and I talk a lot about like the eyes and the mind, right? If they're synced up. And you could see him on his drop, start to drop, you know, perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, but then start to turn his hips and his front foot towards the right because he knows exactly where he's going with the football. And he's, he does what we call sort of set in the hallway, getting the feet, the hips, the shoulders all set towards the target before he's even set to throw. Like he's in that process. That's the game slowing down for a quarterback. 
Like that's all the stuff we talked about for hours on end this summer, right? He's got to be a better decision maker. He's got to anticipate stuff. The game has to slow down for him. You saw it right there. Like yes. I think that was perhaps my favorite throw of his from the entire game. You know, he there were, were there some missed opportunities? Yeah. I mean, that sort of out and up he threw to Ertz in the first half where he like underthrew him and Ertz had to like slide back to catch it. You know, if he makes a better throw there, it might be a touchdown. It might be a bigger play. You know, he had a completion to Devonta Smith in that game where he runs out of the pocket, throws it late, but he had an opportunity to hit him before running out of the pocket. You'd like to see him hand in the pocket and actually make that throw. But overall, I think there's a lot to really like about what he did. And he did a lot of the things that you and I were hoping to see from him. So I think I'd grade this a really good game from him. It's not an A plus, no, but I think it's like a B plus, A minus kind of game. And yeah, I take that, right? What about you? I was gonna say A minus. I think this was a strong statement game. I take I took that from the three words. Um, we asked fans to comment three words right. about game like how did you feel about Jalen Hurts and someone said this was like a statement game and I think that's the best way to sum it up um he completed 27 of 35 passes so 77 percent for 264 yards he had three touchdowns no interceptions and he added 62 yards on the ground on seven attempts so we saw him I thought I saw this post and it was like Jalen Hurts was talking about how he gets freaky with his legs and we saw that in this game yep. we saw that Nick Sirianni took advantage of Jalen Hurts' strengths, you know, and they capitalized on that throughout this entire game. He looked like the leader. He was confident. He was in control. Um, and he took advantage of what the defense gave him. That was one thing that I saw yeah. uh, in some really, really nice decisions downfield. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really like what Sirianni did for him from like sort of a play call and structural standpoint, right? Like first play of the game, design throw to the flat, two receivers blocking, easy read, easy throw. It's You know where you're going with it. It's the scripted first play of the game. So he knew probably Wednesday afternoon this was the first play. Mm -hmm. um, but he got him in rhythm early. I really like how you pointed out there. Like they got him involved with his legs. They did some zone read stuff, you know, let him get the ball to the edges, let him get into the flow of the game. That's sometimes a good way to get an athletic quarterback sort of in the moment, feeling like com comfortable and confident in the pocket. And look, I know a lot of people are talking about. 3.8 average depth of target and things like that. He didn't push the ball downfield. You know, it's one game. I don't want to like wildly overreact to it. I want to see that going forward, right? Mm -hmm. Like, are they going to be sort of always that, you know, sort of short in the past game and quick in the past game? Okay. Well then if that's the offense, then we'll grade Jalen Hurts appropriately. We'll sort of use that context. Maybe this was a game plan thing. Maybe they just thought, look, we're going to just get him in the flow of the game, give us some easy stuff. So I'm not going to wildly overreact to that. But I thought he did a very good job. Sirianni did it catering to his quarterback, giving him some designs. They also showed some layered stuff in the vertical passing game. That third down conversion in the second half where they had like a post route, I mean a curl route, a corner route, and a, flood route, a flat route. Nice three-level read, more of a vertical concept. He threw the curl to Smith, but you know they're going to come back to that stuff later. I mentioned the out and up to Ertz. They designed some stuff that I think we'll see going forward to let him open up in the downfield passing game. He didn't have to do it Sunday against mm -hmm. this Atlanta defense, but I think the foundation is there that whether it's this week against San Francisco, next week against Dallas, when you have to be more sort of aggressive downfield, that stuff's there and ready for Jalen Hurts to hit. And I thought it was interesting how you can kind of tell some of the articles that I was looking at were talking about how the offense is a run-pass offense, so offensive system. 
So it's like they're trusting him to make that decision in the moment. And you saw that you already mentioned the Devontae Smith touchdown. But one of the other plays that I had took note of was um, it was nine seconds left in the first half. First and goal. This was the touchdown to Dallas Goddard. And we saw uh, he rolled right to avoid the pressure, but he darted this really nice throw to Dallas Goddard in the end zone for a nine yard touchdown. And in that play, you saw like he was confident in his decision making. I was a little worried because you saw the pocket starting to crumble a little bit. But the fact that he was able to avoid that and he made a really smart decision, rolling right, kind of took his time. But then he threw it, connected and hit Dallas Goddard. That was beautiful. So I feel like hopefully we can continue to see more and more of that throughout the remainder of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad, Rachel, you brought up that play because this was such a great play between receiver and quarterback. And this is a great example of like the feel between teammates, between passer and catcher. Because as Hertz starts to roll out, Goddard tr- thinks he, what he needs to do is to slide back to the middle of the field, right? Like he's got a defender that's covering him. He sees Hertz rolling out. And he thinks the way I got to get open is to come to the middle of the field. But Hertz throws it towards the outside and he leads him to where he wants him to go. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You're doing it. Goddard then sees that and goes to get it because Hertz. To his credit, he sees that in the middle of the field, there's a free defender who has no man coverage responsibility. It's sort of a man coverage concept with an underneath defender who's just reading Hertz. He's tracking Hertz's eyes. And if Hertz throws it to where Goddard is breaking, it's a pick. Yeah. Like you're, you're coming away, interception, no points. Instead, Hertz sees that. The ability, rolling to your right and to see that. Mm-hmm. That's insane, kids. Again, I'm doing this thing. Like that's insane. Like, like you can't. It's hard to see that, but to see that and to then put the football to the outside and for Goddard to read that and go get it, that's a really good play. That could have been a pick. It was yeah. a touchdown. You know, you've got a seven-six game that could have been seven-six to half. Instead, yeah. it's fourteen-six. That was a big swing, and it was because Hertz read that so well. Yes, touching on like chemistry, going back to Devontae Smith. There were so many plays that, I mean, there were so many people who kept posting the clip from Alabama and it was like a flashback, like, oh, well, we're going to be getting more and more of this. So I think that ties into the chemistry that the quarterback should have with his offensive weapons. So that was really exciting to see for Devontae Smith, his first NFL career touchdown in the league and the fact that it was from you know, Jalen Hurts, like it was just beautiful to see. And hopefully we'll be seeing him feeding him for the remainder. of yeah. and, and those two is similar to the Goddard discussion we just had the feel that they have for each other, right? Like on some of these plays where Hurts sort of broke the pocket and then looked for Smith, he knew exactly where he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a relationship built over years of playing together. They certainly have that. I thought it was incredible to see, you know, Devonta Smith catching a touchdown in that corner of the end zone going back to one of the touchdowns he caught for Alabama in a national championship game. I mean, there's a lot to really like about this Eagles offense right now. You know, somebody asked me, I was on a show last night, could this be a great offense? I don't know if it'll be a great offense, but I think it's going to be a lot better than people expected. Now, I know, look, the pushback is it's Atlanta. Atlanta's bad. Yeah. They're an NFL football team that had all summer to get ready for this game. Yeah. And look what the Eagles did. Like, do I expect them to throw up like 30, 35 points every week? Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But maybe they'll do it more often than people expected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't, like you said, this was a really good game. I didn't have 
a lot of bad, a lot of negativity that I saw from this. You already mentioned there was the ball that was like overthrown, I mean, underthrown. It was underthrown to Ertz. Yeah. And it was the slant route to Devontae Smith. That one was kind of, it wasn't as, as accurate. It was a little short. Yeah. But those two that you already mentioned, I didn't see anything that I thought was like, oh my gosh. This I mean, the, the, there were like a couple of plays where if you're like, you know, if you're Nick Sirianni and you go back to the office Monday morning, you'd like filled out the grade and she like, you know, you might give him some minus marks for like the Earth's underthrow, although he still completed it. Like they still completed it. Like we're getting nitpicky here where we're saying, yeah, you should put it on the front shoulder, not the back yeah. shoulder. You know, the Smith miss. And it's some of the moments where I talked about where he bailed the pocket. You might say, look, you know, you need to hand in here and make that throw. It's great that you still completed it, but process versus results. It was still a very good game. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, it's not a situation where, you know, when I was playing, I wear a lot of white shirts to film review on Monday because it doesn't show the sweat when you're like there nervous and you're panicky. You know, <laughs> Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts, they can wear gray. They can wear whatever color shirt they wanted to because you're not going to be sweating too much. You're not going to be getting ridiculed like I was. Like So oh. there's a lot to really like about what these guys did. Yeah. And I think the fact that Jalen Hurts' jersey sales are number two right now, that tells you a lot about the Eagles fans. And Philly's fandom, like – their community, that's a tough crowd. Yeah. So tells you they're betting on him. Like this is our guy. Yeah. I mean, look, people people speak with their money, right? Yeah. When you're opening up the wallet to buy an NFL jersey, like it's not a cheap proposition. But nope. when you're willing to do it, that tells you what the community thought of what they saw. And I would imagine Sunday at the link, yeah, you're gonna see a lot of number one jerseys oh, in yeah. that in that crowd. Oh yeah. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we talked about Jalen Hurts. Let's look into what we saw from Matt Ryan and the Falcons in just a little bit before we start to preview um, next week's game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Rachel, this was a lot. This was mainly a referendum on they couldn't protect Matt Ryan, and and it's it's that Eagles pass rush is going to be a problem for teams. Like Matt Ryan wasn't comfortable. They were consistently moving him off the spot. He was pressured. He was. He they really sped up his internal clock. We talk about that, right? When you're a quarterback and you feel like you're getting hit, you're getting knocked down, you're like, I gotta get the ball out faster. They're they're not protecting me. So you speed up your internal clock, you make quicker decisions, you throw faster than you want to. We saw a lot of that. It was uh, by the end of the game, it was very what I'd call sort of a disjointed passing game. Like they they couldn't protect him, they couldn't protect him from jump, they were pressuring him early. 
you know, that Eagles pass rush is going to be a problem for teams. Now, it'll be a little bit different this week with what they've got to face with Jimmy Garoppolo and perhaps some Trey Lance, too. And that's, a, a I think, a better offensive line. But they were pretty dominant up front on Sunday. You just said it. A poor offensive line definitely can have a negative effect and limit the remaining the remaining offense. And that's what we saw. So I didn't have this in my notes from last week, but Matt Ryan and Pitts were only they had just played for the very first time together in that game. Yeah. That showed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the difference in feel and chemistry, right? We were talking about with Smith and Hurts and with Goddard and Hurts. I mean, I think Pitts is going to be good. We talked to him on the last week. He's the unicorn, right? He's going to be great. It might take some time, and it, they certainly weren't ready here in week one. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But now, as we start to try to put this win behind us, it was good. We want to build on it. Now we're preparing for the 49ers this upcoming Sunday. The 49ers are coming off of a week one victory as well. So, of course, they're going to be looking to get a week two victory on the road. They defeated the Detroit Lions 41 to 33 to kick off the season. So, I mean, both teams want to know hungry. I think this is going to be a good game, but there's two things to note for this game. They just lost a running back to an injury. Raheem Mossert. Yep. He's out. And Jason Verrett. He's out too. And that's going to be a big one. I mean, they're thin in the secondary. They're thinner now. West Coast team coming east. Like that, that's usually tough, also. You know, I'm watching what Detroit did. San Francisco played a lot of single high, cover one, cover three. I I think Nick Sirianni will have some stuff that he can scheme up, similar to what we saw, you know, early in that game, right? I think you just see the start, a lot of quick throws, try to get Jalen Hurts in rhythm. It's a better group up front, and it's a better group of linebackers than, you know, the Eagles saw against Atlanta. You know, Drake Greenlaw had a pick six. Fred Warner is a tremendously talented linebacker. They've got some guys, obviously, you know, Nick Bosa up front that can get after the quarterback. Yeah. But I think that's why, you know, the run game stuff that they did with Jalen Hurts, I think you might see a lot of that early in this game, right? You know, get those guys up front trying to read and react rather than just attacking. You know, have them thinking about, oh, what is he going to keep it? Is he not going to keep it? Try to sort of change their paths, change their angles. I think that might be smart to do in addition to some of the stuff that, like, get the ball out of Hurts' hands. Make those guys up front think rather than just attack. That might be a good way to sort of slow them down early as you get Hurts into the rhythm of this game. Yeah, and some of the articles I was reading was talking about how one of their major weaknesses to take note of is their secondary. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as the Eagles are preparing their offensive scheme. Yeah, I mean, the Lions had a shot to actually tie that game late. I mean, even though San Francisco was up early, you know, when I was watching it live and then rewatched it, like there's plays to be made against that secondary. They're, They're tough up front. The secondary is a weakness. Now it's even weaker with the injuries that they've already suffered. There will be opportunities to hit some of those plays we talked about earlier, those more aggressive downfield passing concepts. Set those up early in the game, right? That sort of out and up we talked about with Ertz. Show just the out route early. Show them some short stuff early. Get them to start biting downhill. Get them worried about the run. Then hit them deep over the top. I mean, I think that's the recipe against this defense. Obviously, look, I think we're also excited about maybe Trey Lance. 
Yes. I mean, QBs to prepare for. Yeah. And that's tough, right? Like, like you've got to worry about all the stuff Kyle Shanahan does in the run game. He's a very good play designer in the run game. You got to worry about what Jimmy Garoppolo can and perhaps cannot do. But you, know, you also have to worry about Lance because yeah. they will get him in. We saw that. He threw a you touchdown. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's a ve- yeah. I yeah. mean, he's, he's a very athletic player. They're going to do some of that stuff that we just talked about that the Eagles might do with Hurts, right? Yeah. Some different run game stuff with him, get you thinking about, okay, well, now five's in the game. We got to worry about this and that and the other thing. Oh, wait, 10's back in the game. We got to worry about this, that, and the other thing. That's a lot to get ready for for this defense. They're going to show a lot of different stuff. Shanahan's a very good play designer. So I think it's going to be a tougher test for this Eagles defense this week. But that front, look, even though this is a better offensive line, I think this Eagles defensive line in front seven – should be able to make some plays. I'm excited to see uh, Devo Samuel, Darius Slay matchup. We saw that the wide receiver, he finished with nine catches for a career high of 189 yards and a touchdown. So he was giving the Lions, like he was giving them problems pretty much. So that's something that is going to be interesting to see because Darius Slay is one of our better uh, cornerback options. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to have some opportunities. Debo is a very talented receiver. That line secondary, it struggles. It's yeah. had some struggles. We saw, you know, the moment where Jeff Okuda was getting coached up. You know, coach was sort of, you know, giving us some tough love. And then Okuda went down hurt. That's mm-hmm. a Lions secondary that has some problems. I think the Eagles, that Slay-Samuel matchup will be fascinating to study. You know, there will be some other matchups in this game. They're going to try to get the bottom brand and high good times. You're going to worry about a fullback in this game, too, Kyle Juszczyk. And, of course, look, George Kittle. Like, they have a lot of weapons they can call upon in the pass game. I'm very curious to see how they decide to play this play this in the secondary. Are they going to rely on a lot of man coverage and just try to cover these guys one-on-one? Are they going to do a lot more zone stuff, try mm-hmm. to force Garoppolo to make some reads? I think that's what you do. Like, I think with a quarterback like Garoppolo, you know, if you just play a man coverage, you can just pick his matchup, right? You can just say, look, I like this, the guy Kittle's working against, or I like this matchup that we got with Debo Samuel. If you're forcing him to play zone, and if you're if you're playing zone and forcing him to make reads, that's when he's at his worst. And something I, I really want to see, he really struggles when you show two deep safeties and then rotate it to a single high safety and bring one of the other safeties down. He's historically struggled with that. And so it would have surprised me to see the Eagles call some of those spun safety looks and really try to confuse him once the play begins. I think I'm more so confident in the Eagles offense going into this game. I'm hoping that the defense will step up. But Yeah, I mean, it's they're going to have their hands full with this offense because they can do a lot of different things and Shanahan's good. But I, I think what we saw from this Eagles offense gives cause for optimism. What we saw from Sirianni and how he clearly had a game plan and he went in and accomplished what he wanted to do, getting Hurts in rhythm, giving him some good throws, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. I think the offensive line held up extremely well for Philadelphia. That's something we haven't really touched on yet. But those guys did a great job up front. You know, I think Sirianni will have some answers for what, you know, Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And, I mean, what that defense wants to do, he's gone up against similar defenses before with that single high system. And so I think he's the offense is going to be in good shape. You know, it might really come down to can this Eagles defense slow what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. going to be concerned. Uh, something that we need to look at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but still, look, they're one and zero. 
you know, yeah. and this is this is a good position to be in. You know, it, it's go, it's a long season, obviously, but you know there are some teams right now that are zero and one that are facing that sort of what we call that elimination game, right? Because you start zero and two, it's really tough to make a run into the playoffs. Historically, those teams don't get there. Um, they, they're in a good position to be in if they can get to two and zero. Mm-hmm. And you yep. get Dallas. Team that we gotta. Uh, I mean, know. not to get ahead of ourselves here, Rachel, yeah. but if we're if we're sitting here next week talking about a team that's two and zero, and who yeah. knows, maybe Dallas is zero and two. Yeah. Then I don't know. I mean, maybe we have to start thinking about you know playoffs. Yeah. No Jim thing. Playoffs. Did we go there. Playoff time. Yeah. But but look around the rest of the NFC East, right? Like mm-hmm. Washington now. Ryan Fitzpatrick is hurt. That defense is. They struggled a little bit with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. The Giants, man. I, I mean, I just got done doing a video on Daniel Jones. My, I gotta check that out. <laughs> we got some. We got some concerns, Big Blue. We got some concerns about Daniel Jones. And look, Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be okay. But you know, they if they potentially start zero two, that's a tough spot to be in. I don't know. You look around the NFC East. That door opened a bit for Philadelphia. I think. It did. And they're riding on this wave. You can tell they have some juice. You can tell they're, yeah. you know, feeling really confident. So I feel like as long as they, you know, come out with that same energy, they should be fine. Yeah. And we also look, we saw Devonta Smith all smiles in the locker room. Yeah. Like this is a team that, you know, we saw the Hurts and Sirianni handshake that they got going. We need a handshake. There's, we do need a handshake. Gentle listeners, send in some suggestions for the handshake. We'll have to do it virtually at first, but eventually we'll be able to do it in person. But yeah, we need handshake suggestions from all of you. I saw that clip and I was like, oh, some air guitar action. That thing. Yeah, the little, they hit the air guitar at the end. That's what I was like, again, whoa. All right. I see you guys. Yeah, we got, we have to have something better. So we want to hear you guys. We need some help. Absolutely. (laughs) And, And that, you know, I need help. Rachel, she doesn't need the help. But I mean, I'm, I'm all left, need left handed. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in week two as we prepare for the 49ers. Um, make sure that you guys are staying in tune and keeping up with all the content that we're going to be dishing out on the Bleeding Green Nation uh, website. Also, the Niners Nation website. I'm sure that we're going to do something with them as we're pre- previewing this game. And we're going to have a show for you guys next week. After the game, talking about what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like. But this is a good start for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's definitely a performance to build on. I liked what I saw. Mark seems like he liked what he saw. Nothing to worry about, guys. We're just going to keep moving forward. So, any last Mark? Well, if you haven't watched or listened to it yet, Ratio with QB1, Jalen Hurts. It was tremendous. It was such a great interview. I, I loved it. Listened to it twice. Get, get mom's stamp of approval as well. So go check that out if you haven't. And go Eagles.